Hello, hello, you're listening to Lovecast Polyandry. That's where we're at with words that start with B and rhyme with country. Uh, this is episode eight, and we're going to be taking a look at HBO's Lovecraft Country. Uh, their episode this week is called Jigaboo. I'm Uma, and I'm joined, as always, by Ian and Bahe. Hello, hello, guys. Hello. It's hello. actually called Jigabobo, isn't it? Is it Jigabobo? What did I say? Jigaboo. Oh, Jigaboo. Which is, a, which is a kind of a racist slur, right? Is it? Oops. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. The white guys in the show are clearly rubbing off on me. Um, so, sorry, the episode's called Jigabobo. And it begins um, kind of like where we thought it would, but we didn't expect it to go in this direction. Emmett Till is dead at the beginning of this episode. So the murder did happen. I mean, he, he, he died on August 28th, 1955. And I guess throughout this podcast series and throughout the series, we were, we were thinking uh, whether or not they would take the Emmett Till story in a different direction. But mm. after watching this episode, it became very clear that they couldn't do and they shouldn't have done a Quentin Tarantino because I think the impact of Emmett Till's death, both in real life and in fiction, is too important to change. Yeah. yeah, And that was very clear from the beginning of this episode, which starts off at this wake slash protest, almost. Yeah, yeah. I think that weight is important to... I mean, it's, it's, it, would be doing, it would be doing the memory of Emmett Till a disfavor or end a disservice if they just sort of blew past it, right? I mean, South Side of Chicago, the right time they made, well, they initially implied that uh, Dee's friend is this character named Bobo that we never quite really see properly. Um, and I think to just sort of ignore it or to do a Quentin Tarantino and rewrite it, I think it's unfair to the to the African-American experience because I think that's something um, Montreux said pretty early on, right? This is the American experience. You have to see this. This is something that, that Dee will have to f- live with literally, you know, for the rest of her life. There ain't no getting around this. It's every Negro's rite of passage is what he says. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because Letty was like, uh, Letty was like, should we send D home? I mean, this is yeah. too much yeah. for her because her mom's not here. And her dad, her father just passed away a couple of weeks, months ago, I guess. Yeah. Time is fluid on this show. Yeah. Can we just also say that, like, I thought you were crazy, Uma, when you started saying that Emmett Till was going to be in this or have an impact on the story. And <laughs> I thought it was a bit of a reach. And uh, it was it was a reach to the correct shelf. Yeah, it was nuts. We'll, we'll, we'll pepper these throughout if I see they fit. But Misha Green was answering questions on Twitter because she directed this episode. And this kind of came up about the whole Emmett Till thing was like... Um, her family want a woman. Someone asked her. My family wants to know what was the reasoning behind making Emmett Till's story so central to the season. We love tonight's episode, and she replied that I think Emmett Till's story is central to our story as Americans. He was from Chicago, was lynched the year our story was set in, and was D's age. I believe part of what his family wanted for his legacy was for us to never forget. Yeah, and and I right. think that runs through the entire show in many ways, right? In the sense that we've spoken about how they've used. Um, music that is not era specific and also mm-hmm. uh, quotations and excerpts that aren't era specific and I think mm. all of that kind of plays into this notion that nothing really has changed since the 1950s so even in this yeah. episode there's a scene when Dee is leaving the police station and there's audio of a girl talking mm-hmm. uh, over her and that's actually from uh, Naomi Wadler's speech which was in 2018 Oh wow! which was from the March for Our Lives rally and yeah, and I was researching that because I was I, I I couldn't make it out, so I was like copying down the words and googling it, and um, and I guess that's the point Misha Green is trying to make. It's like you know this was seventy years ago, and they're still having to make the same speeches in America. Yeah, this whole show yeah. was like a refutation to anyone who says that like oh since Obama re- racism's over, it's like no, it's not. Here's what happened before. Here's the things that they want you to forget about that you should not forget about because there were nightmares that, you know, if you forget your history, you're doomed to repeat it, right? And also pepper that with Bananarama because it's a cruel, cruel summer. Also, earlier in the episode (laughs) when Christina is talking to Ruby and she just goes, actually, I don't really care about them. And I I mean, while we're on that, I think think Ruby's... Ruby's... I don't know about... I I don't call it a speech, but Ruby's statement to Christina at that point sort of does 
more for me a non-African American not living in the U.S. than something like uh, the Five Bloods did. I think this was that speech was more emotional, more impactful, gets to the heart of the matter, and not uh, and not sort of deliver it the way Spike Lee tried to deliver it in his movie. And I I I loved that speech. I think. And and I think it does come from a place of you have no idea what I'm you have going no idea. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. you will never understand, right? Yeah. For for those of you who don't know, um, Emmett Till was murdered in 1955. He was accused of not well um, harassing, manhandling a woman in her family's convenience store, and mm. and then he wasn't just lynched. He was beaten up. He was hung up by barbed wire. It was horrific. And um, and when this episode begins, uh, we're at his wake on a really hot day, and the stench is more than people can bear, right? Yeah. I think mm. that was something that was incredibly well shot, incredibly well written. Because you're at this funeral, and everyone's disgusted for more than one reason. They're disgusted at the murder, but they can't take the stench either as they yeah. storm out of the church, right? Yeah, I thought that was yeah. really cunning. And they bring it up later as well that like uh, Till's, Till's mother or his guardian, uh, Mamie, wanted everyone to see what they what what had yes. been done to him. That yep. was an important part of the family seeking justice. Yeah, um, yep. and it's just so subtle because there's like a woman comes out of the. You, you don't even know what's going on. It's just people standing up or lining up, and there's a woman comes out and is like straight away has to get sick in a bucket. Yeah. And meanwhile, there's also you can also get disgusted at the I think is the Three Nation of Islam guys standing by the wall who are getting harassed by the cops straight away. Yeah, mm. yeah. Disgusted at the cops, not at them. Sorry. um also we find out in the opening i guess minutes of the episode that it's been a week since the last episode and hippolyta is still not back Hmm. yeah where the fuck is hippolyta well she's still traveling through the multiverse gathering together her avengers well either that or fucking tick broke the damn thing so that's true but by the end of last week's episode beyonce said that like you don't need those you don't. Yes. Why are you wearing that clumsy man suit kind of thing, right? You, she doesn't need her nega bands to travel through time and space. Because that's the thing as well. T- later, we're jumping all over. Screw it. Forget the plan. Tick says as well, like, oh, I saw the future. And it's like, you saw a, a future. It looks like um, the notes from George Freeman's book were actually just like how it was in that reality. Mm. Yes. Well, so, certain, certain characters were gender swapped. <laughs> well, I, I yes. think that's actually a reference to the actual book. Because the agenda swapped in the actual book, right? In the Matt Ruff book. Oh, are they? Oh, right. Yes. Because remember I told you there was no Christina. It was Titus. Yeah. Still alive. So I thought that was just a cunning reference to him going, haha, this is based on a novel, but we've changed things about. And it's... Okay. Yeah. And so I think that was... That felt like a cute little reference. (laughs) Because, and, you know, this is one of those moments where there's a tweet for every occasion. Uh, Misha Green as well. Someone asked him, like, asked her... How many timelines are there now? I can't three. Am I closer? Is this a fan theory? And the, the timelines were one, the Matt Ruff timeline, two, the Misha Green show timeline, three, future George timeline, and brackets four, whatever is created by Hippolyta's actions. And the fact that Misha Green chose this to respond to and replied with, ooh, I can't get into spoilers with two episodes still to go, but I like the way you're thinking. Oh. Ooh. <laughs> ooh. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, well, that's right. the thing we find out, right, with the book, actually, because uh, last week when we were talking about it, uh, we assumed it was Uncle George's book, but of course it's George For- uh, George Freeman. I was going to say George Foreman. Yeah. Uh, George <laughs> Freeman, yeah, wrong one. Wrong uh, George, yeah. Who is Tick's son who writes Lovecraft Country, the novel. Yeah. Uh, apparently no one else uh, has, what is it, the, the moors of um, witchcraft and sorcery. Has, no one else has a better p- finger on the pulse, I think, is the, the line of the, it's of the, of, uh, w- uh, the impact of uh, witchcraft and spells on 20th century society. Yeah, the opening. The they do. Mm. This is a show where they definitely like they're they're not again they're not skimping on any details. When you see the back of the book, it's very clear. You can read the back of the book. Yeah, correct. The same as when we see a newspaper later. There's a story there that we'll get to later that I think is going to come up later again because it's not the usual thing. I think it's if you watch any episode of Cinema Sins with a newspaper in it, there's like this paragraph is just repeated here and here and here because they don't think anyone's going to see high def when they were shooting on 35 millimeter. Correct. Now you can freeze frame and study every single thing in the show. And as we've done over the last eight episodes. Uh, every time. And Google what people are saying and everything. Nothing is left <laughs> to chance. It is no. amazing. Yeah. 
I think the thing with Tick's story, which is quite interesting as it runs through this entire episode, is I found his different reactions to the different moments of his past. Because I thought he was a bit, I thought he was a bit of an asshole to Gia. Mm-hmm. Almost unnecessarily mm-hmm. so, because it looked like he was just trying to save face with Letty. And so he just yep. went off on her, which was in stark contrast to him actually having a tender moment with Montrose for like the first time ever, right? Like they genuinely mm. have a human conversation. Yeah. And an actual like normal-ish conversation with Christina. Oh, that too, of course. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, the thing with Gia is that like, <laughs> she's fucking scary, man. The I last know, time- it's great. I don't know why he keeps calling her when he's so confused and everything else. And it's one of those things that he's just, you know, you would be embarrassed if a nine-tailed fox sucked memories out of you and almost tore you apart. But but also, Letty's face, the look on her face, which is just like, yes, when I climax, all nine tails come out and suck the memories out of the man I'm having sex with. It was great. Yeah, the actual, the, the speed of exposition's getting fantastic. I was just like, oh... And also, Gia said she, they said she's consumed a hundred souls. Were they rounding up, or is that she's done it now, and this is like something new? Oh yeah, that's right. Because in the last one, it was still ninety nine. So yeah, and that was nineteen fifty. Tick was supposed to be at one hundred, right? Yeah. Yes. And also, we don't know what happens when she hits a hundred. Does she become human? Because she still spoke about how she spoke about it like in the present tense, like when she has sex, this happens. Yeah, she had spoke about it like it was her, not that it was like her body was possessed by somebody else yeah. or that it was a demon possessing her or anything else. It was like, no, no, this is the, like, she's the same person she was then. So, this is just what I do now. Yeah, maybe. I mean, there's, you know, it's great that things are moving along and we got that scene so just quickly. And he's like, you're a succubus. Like, no, no, actually this, but, you know, this is technically incorrect, mm. but I'll correct you on this. But, um... I would have liked to have just seen that conversation. A whole episode on that conversation between Gia and Letty would have just been like fantastic with Letty just being like, you're what? And then also, eh, I've seen some shit. That's fine. And just like, <laughs> they're just having a chat about Tick. Yeah. Because there's also, she's a reminder of how the things that Tick, I think you you brought up the quote by the author, the showrunner, Uma, a while ago about we've seen Atticus, we haven't seen Tick, right? Yeah. So that's yeah. reminds Tick of who he used to be and, no one likes to be reminded with that they were a nurse murdering asshole. But I think it was also quite interesting that they didn't... That's something that this show has repeatedly not done, which is the sort of lame... You're a what? Nine-tail what? You know, like, no. Letty, like you said, Letty has seen some shit. And look, she's died. She's come back. What? There's a nine-tail fox? Sure, why not? You know, let's. I like that. I like that they don't drag that out. And I think D does something later on as well that I really, really enjoyed as well. But it's the same with every character, though. It's not just yeah. those big moments, even the smaller moments, like the moment between um, Atticus and Christina in the mausoleum as well. Mm. Is it's immediately believable. There's no extended exposition he goes there he needs help he offers the key he thinks he's got a cunning plan because obviously the machine is broken so the key is going to be useless to her but Mm. even that exchange when he tries his luck and he's like well i believe it's my birthright and she's like you don't have enough whiteness in you to sell that entitlement and great line yes great Great line line, great line great fucking line yeah (laughs) and all of those conversations happen without um, the without the drama because it doesn't assume yeah. that you as the audience member is not going to get it or it doesn't mm. assume that you're expecting that kind of melodrama or outrage yes. from either side yes. right yeah. and, and 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 I thought I had seen everything that was disturbing in the show until that sex scene between William and Ruby hmm. can I just, oh, can I just that ask, was special can I just ask who's going around cleaning up all the blood and skin <laughs> and skin because there's I mean, they've had to change carpets. They've changed bed sheets now at this point. Uh, hey, I think hey, so- hey. They are a cult, my friend. I'm sure they have a well-paid cleanup crew. There's a tweet for everything. There um, is? Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, someone oh, someone oh, asked Lisa me. Green, when the, morphos- when the metamorphosis happens, where does the skin go? And she replied that, we had a long discussion about this in the writer's room. I like the idea of bloody white skin in the elevators and alleyways of Chicago. Not everyone in the room agree with me. <laughs> oh. Nice. Nice. Okay, cool. You know, but that's right. fine. I think within the mansion, though, they try to keep things neat. 
I don't know. Yeah, just... I mean, Christina's first spell was, you know, getting the immortality one, but her second one was keeping her house spotlessly clean. Mm. Yeah. Also, she's yeah. rich people don't care about bedsheets. Clearly not. I guess. They just yeah. throw it out, they burn yeah. it, and then buy new ones. Just buy new ones, yeah. I uh, know, but I think, you know, yet again, that scene was incredibly disturbing, but at the same time, very impactful. I also like the line after that, when, when Ruby says, now... On this day, I don't want to be another black woman fucking a white man. Yeah. Mm. You know, and I was like, oh, snap, that's a strong line. Yeah. And then Christina's response was also pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, Christina's response saying, I'm not, what I saw was someone, a black woman taking what she wanted. Yeah. Which is also a great, you know, like, oh, great But lines. also that seems to be Christina's gaslighting right that seems to be her play constantly mm. saying no 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 here you go you are actually empowered in what you do yes and so i'm assuming this is what this is how the trump people convince black women to speak on their behalf <laughs> <laughs> but isn't this well. also i mean this is also i think in line with some kind of alistair crowley style magic where it's like it is the raising up of the self above all others it's like you know do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law i think was a that's crowley right yeah and it's that idea that you know um to paraphrase a 2000 ad comic you just sink to a higher level until everything pans out so there's that kind of idea that once you've given in to all your desires you're kind of cool with everybody but also it can go the other way and i think Christina doubts it a little bit by the end of whatever the fuck she's doing at the end. And we'll get to that later on, I think. I mean, even with the Ruby situation, it feels like now Ruby is channeling. She's been semi brainwashed because in her conversation with Letty, she's sounding like an empowered black woman saying, you got to take what you want. Right. And she's also and then and then, you know, she drops the bomb of, hey, 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 I got magic. Yeah, I know magic. And Letty's like, what? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, this is it's again, it's great. This is like. It's they've obviously learned the lessons of Game of Thrones, where they're just like, "All right, we're putting it. We, we're inventing this. We're going up past eleven on the speed dial here, and we're just going to tick these things instead of making people wait around." It's it's great. The smallest things, like the fact that when Christina turns up, you're like, "Oh, Letty, look out behind you!" And it's our, like, you know, what's going on with Atticus and Christina? It's like, "Oh no, they both have her business card." They just yeah. gave her a call. It's the most, yeah. it's literally the most Occam's razor answer you could come up with. But for a moment there, I was like, oh shit, what the hell? And I'm like, yeah. oh no. And, but they don't have to explain that. You know that. Same way that um, Christina mentions about the orrery and uh, the, the observatory. And when Hiram, Hiram lost an arm looking for the pages that Tick was going to give her. And you're like, yep. oh, so that's whose arm we saw <laughs> down in the, uh, the temple under the, on the, in the sea where we met, um, I forgot her name, Yehida. Yama, yeah, hmm. I forgot her name. Yahima. 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 Yeah. Yeah. But just, it's nice. This is like it adds. It's just again, it's smart, clever writing. Love mm. you, you. Love you. Love to see it. Am I right in thinking that this is the first episode, uh, which makes sense given it's episode eight, where we actually see everyone's story kind of play out? Like no one is ignored. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm I'm kind of lumping Hippolyta and Diana into like one grouping. Because you know she's but yeah, not no, in this Hippolyta episode. But yeah, is very clearly ignored. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, I mean she's not in this episode, but like everyone's arc gets addressed in some way in this story, in this episode, which is a lot. And and, and not only that, yeah, it, it it gets addressed, but also moves along some some further along than others. I think I think Montrose and Tick coming together is quite cool. But um, he still has secrets, right? He's still got a secret. What else are you not telling yeah. me? And he's what just like, mm, can we me? just get this over with? Can yeah. we just talk about Michael K. Williams' look on his that, that sheepish Omar look? He's like, what? Oh. Uh, uh, y- <laughs> y- yikes. He's like, he might as well just be like cartoon pulling his My- collar going, yeah. <laughs> which, yeah. which is like, you know, I think that's the, that's the George revelation, right? That we know is coming. Even though everyone's arc is addressed, everyone's arc moves the bigger story along in a big way. Yes. So when mm, Letty yes. meets with Christina, that kind of moves her story along in a big way. Uh, we find out what happened without having an episode dedicated entirely to it, to yeah. um, to Atticus Tick. going into the future. Uh, yes. We get some kind of resolution with Montrose. Yeah, we get some kind of resolution with Montrose. Um, Dee's story, which we're going to get to, is absolutely fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. and, but, but before that, I wanted to ask you guys what you thought about the 
uh, police story and where that seems to be heading. Because that's the one thing I can't put my finger on with regards to, because they're doing magic and I don't know what they're after because they seem to be at odds with Christina. Yeah, well, they, yeah. they do want, they want the orrery, right? Yes, they That's do. That's one thing they want. And they and again, and, and back to that, that episode where I spent way too much time listening to the background conversations um, in the, their lodge. Like, they are looking for more power over the other lodges. And they're also looking to keep black folk down by the looks of things. So this is a more simplistic goal. It isn't immortality like Christina. No. I think, I think they're just trying to take over from, from Christina. Or rather, they're trying to... Because obviously, Christina and her father are one lodge and maybe the cops are from a different lodge and they're trying to fight the, I don't know, the premiership, the lodge premiership ranking thing. Yeah. So but I you kind of, you kind of got the impression that Christina's father was in the premiership, whereas these guys were then, and they were Method Tidfil for a while, but like mm. they want to raise up maybe. I, I yeah. think it's odd, but I think it's, they, they, they did mention, they want, they want Hiram's time machine. And again, it's like, I presume we're going with, we're still going with Hippolyta that it's the, it's many worlds, right? It's not a time machine. Yeah, unless they think it's a time machine, because well, that's what that's what I'm thinking, because they're small-minded enough to think like, oh my god, this is the future, as opposed to oh my god, this is Earth three seven one. Yes, as opposed to Hippolyta has actually read the academic paper. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but but wasn't the but wasn't it also that the ghosts in Letty's uh, apartment, the victims slash subjects of time machine experiments, wasn't that what? Um, wasn't that what Misha Green said in her in her interview that Oh with the they, baby head. With the yeah. baby head thing, yeah. Well it could have been while experimenting, you know, to get his time machine slash I mean, even the, the thing is, maybe Hiram didn't know he was making a many worlds machine. Right. right. Uh, that's that's, okay. that's that's what I'm getting from it. And that when obviously you warp you open a portal to another world, uh chronotons are a natural offshoot. Or tachyon, sorry. <laughs> so, um, you know, you would obviously have to reverse the polarity flow and you might end up with a baby head. Now, now if, you, if you go by the many worlds theorem again, I think I said last week that the worlds closest to your own along the giant chain of worlds yeah. will be the most similar. So that's why right. Tick saw what he saw. And, you know, Hiram just kept going to Amazon Prime's The Man in the High Castle. Which right. in itself is a terrifying future. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, and, and by most, well, from what the way that Hippolyta, you know, there isn't an Al or it's not Sam Beckett with his device going through it all. It's like, it seems to be formed by thought, right? This is where you travel it or propelled by thought. And I guess that's partly why it ties into magic because intention is key, right? So yeah. if Hiram thought it was a time machine, he was looking for somewhere he could go and like, make the white people more powerful or some shit like that. And maybe that's what he saw. And Tick saw this one. So I think they're all, I think I'm with Hippolyta on this one. Yeah, no, I think it's a good place to be. Multiple worlds for sure. Yeah. 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 And that's why I said she's, she's gathering up the black Avengers from all the different time, the, the, the different timelines. And they're going to, she's going to turn up. Do you think and, we're going, do you think she's going to bring George back or her George? I don't think so. Because even no? when she meets Beyonce at the end of the episode, again, she's not with George. She's by herself. That's yeah. true. And she does say like she could go off and do all sorts of crazy things and she wants to come back to Diana. And there's an element of it's not her, George. I mean, I think that yeah. that whole thing was like the I mean the subtitle for it was probably the miseducation of Hippolyta Freeman because it's that kind of thing. If you can do anything, what do you do? Yeah. And it's like mm. there's an there's an element of enlightenment where, you know, she re- she could realize that yes, I could be happy with all these Georges. I could have a Georgie. Just get all an orgy of Georges all yeah. the time. I could just have like sure. a house filled with George's taking care of my every whim but would that ultimately be an empty gesture and I would be better off going home and bringing the Avengers with I'm sticking with this bringing the Avengers with me (laughs) and wrecking shit in 1955 Chicago I mean to be fair they already have their own monster now I mean that is the first thing I was thinking Mm. about towards the end of the episode I was like ho 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 motherfuckers now we've got a monster too I was clapping with glee at that whole sequence just to see the cops that last bit when we just see the cop flying across the house. Yes. Ah! Yes. <laughs> Love that. Hilarious. Love that. Yeah. That was yeah. slapstick, right? Were you laughing at some of those bits? Yeah, totally. Well, yes. When we reach the end of the episode, we realize that both of their protection spells have taken on different forms. What Christina mm. kind of blesses Letty with is sh- a shield power. <laughs> yes. Well, this is the thing is that... Um, I think I think it was one of those tweets. I think she said that she just re she reapplied... The mark that uh, the protection spell that um, her father Samuel had put on 
Letty to bring her back to life. And she was the one, she says, I was the one who figured out it could be used for healing. Yes, that's right. As opposed to just mm. protection. But Tick, mm. with, with her, it was intention. Tick couldn't fire it at her. And maybe it's different depending on your intention or whether you use red wine or blood or chalk or something. Because I don't know, is the monster, is the monster because uh, Montrose cast it? And that was his idea of like someone to always be there to protect his son. Right. Is it a fuck up? Is it something else completely different? But like in that scene, they couldn't show all the police. All the policemen's bullets missing wouldn't have worked on television, or they're all you know slightly being off with their hands. Whereas seeing bullets, you know, fucking bounce off Letty's just fucking cool. <laughs> <laughs> and once she realizes that, and she's like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna stand in front of Tick." That's just like, do it, go this for it. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. that's what I got from it. Actually, I thought that because Montrose cast the spell. The Shoggoth. I guess it's a Shoggoth. Uh, it is a Shoggoth. Misha Green calls it a Shoggoth. Oh, cool. Okay, oh, nice. so the okay. Shoggoth comes and is now his pet protector, right? Meanwhile, uh, with Letty and also with Christina, I think it took a different form because when he couldn't shoot at Christina, I wasn't sure that... I wasn't sure if it was a block spell or a protection spell, whether it was a block spell on him that prevented him from being able to kill her mm. in any way. Mm. Or even just maybe he just chickened the shit out and it would have bounced off if he'd fired it. True. And it maybe was him just yeah. being a better person now and not able to shoot people directly in the head like he used to. Correct, yeah. So uh, another tweet, uh, our, our, another tweet which Misha Green didn't call out on the spelling, which is nice. So our Atticus is vulnerable now and Misha Green said, he's got his own Shoggoth and Lenny's invulnerable. I'd say they've leveled up this episode. That's all she wanted to say on that. So nice. that's all the resolution we'll get. It's the same spell, right? The spell Montrose reads out and the spell that well is the beginning of the same spell that christina says out at the end of the well towards the end of the episode right is that the same one yeah are we assuming that's the same spell they're all i think it's the same spell and maybe um montrose and tick were casting it to the first time so that first time you got to use the full ingredients whereas the second time around you can just use the cut and paste bit maybe you just only have to say that because Christina just says the yeah. the opening lines and then mm, the, mm. the mark comes back on Letty because yes, it's already been true. cast okay. on her once right yeah she's already had a cast on once which is when she was dead and if you cast a protection spell on a deadish person they come back to life apparently or heal cool which oh uh, hang on there was also a tweet about where the flowers in Lancaster because uh, did you notice that that his like deputy was like rearranging flowers flowers yeah and somebody else mentioned about the smell or something, or I can't really notice it before. There was a smell thing going on. Uh-huh. And it was like, is it something about dead flesh? Is it the smell of dead flesh? Which could also tie into the polyjuice potion, right? If he has just acres of dead flesh around. Because there's something going on with Lancaster, right? There is. And then also, mm. when Diana leaves, she's like, it fucking stinks in here. Yes. <laughs> I love Diana. So could, could he be looking... Yeah, could he not have that protection spell and be looking for it? That could be it as well. Because that's is what's wrong with his body. That's why his body is it's not he's not got a black body, he's got a decaying body. body. Yeah. yeah. Decaying body. Is that I should have looked it up. Is that rock that Christina gives Ruby to put inside the sheriff's office? It's got a it it's got a thing on it, right? Like it's got, it looks know? like the protection spell, right? It was a circle it? with like yeah, a, it, it was a squarey thing. Unless, and uh, you know, just thinking of, thinking ahead here, unless it's like the inverse of it, like the lines are on the other side, and maybe it's like oh. the reverse of that, maybe. Mm. I guess we're going to have to go back and freeze frame for next week. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's talk about D. Um, she runs off. D. She runs off after the funeral uh, because she is completely distraught, and she gets accosted by the policeman, including the chief, who seems to cast yes. a spell on her. David Blaine's street magic. Using his spit. And then we get the most Jordan Peele-esque characters in the series yet. Uh, if you look at the credits, they're called Topsy and Bopsy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they're from Uncle Tom's Cabin. Oh, actually, Topsy is from Uncle Tom's Cabin, which is a book that we see on the bookshelf uh, before D jumps out the window and escapes. Mm. Uh, but Topsy is essentially this young slave girl who is kind of transformed by the love of one of the main characters in the book, Eva, right? Uh, Bopsy is a contrivance for the show, but both of them are fucking mirror universe scary looking shit. Topsy just teamed up with her counterpart from Us. 
Pretty much. Yes. Because yeah. this, I was just thinking Jordan Peele's us throughout yeah, this, throughout right? This, yes. Right. It yes. is. Yes. It is the dark reflection of the fucking Grady twins from The Shining. That's what it is. It is. Mm. Ooh, like it's meet meet them meets Freddy Krueger because they've suddenly got these fucking sharp nails as well. But also just the the way they first appear on that train. Oh. Right, she keeps looking. She keeps looking down the the track. She keeps like uh, looking down the sort of walkway, and then you sort of see like a glimmer of a movement in the shadow mm. of the stairs. I was like, "Oh, that's so delicious! I hate it, <laughs> but I love it so much." And then you see this thing walk backwards in the most fucking awkward way, and you go, "Holy shit! The gig is up!" I'm glad I watched it in the middle of the day and not at night. Oh, it was scary. He's starting to believe. He's believing in horror. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, no. I, I, you know what? I loved every second of those two characters. Like, yeah. they're, they're, the way... I'm, I'm, I don't know who's Topsy, who's Bopsy, but the way one of them appears behind... Oh, my God. It's delicious. Beautiful. And then, and then, and then, they pop, and then <laughs> they're pop-locking, and you're like, what? Pop-locking the whole way, doing some really cool dances. You go, what the fucking shit is this? Oh, man. And again, you're you're preempting the tweet too. I'm gonna have nothing left at the end of the episode. Um, someone just tweeted at Misha Green the twins, their significance, etc. And she said, reading the Devil Doll chapter in Matt Ruff's novel and being a huge fan of A Nightmare on Elm Street, I wanted to create our version of Freddy Krueger. So you said it exactly. Nothing oh, is scarier than real American history: minstrel shows and Uncle Tom's Cabin. Yeah. And there is that moment with the two the, the the girls playing skip rope, which might as well be one, two, Freddy's coming for you. Yeah. You yeah. know they have that's. I was thinking that exact same thing when that that happened. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, Uncle Tom's Cabin's an interesting point of reference as well, right? So the book, which was kind of written in the mid eighteen hundreds, um, Harriet Beecher Stowe. Uh, the perception of the book has changed over the years because, in many ways, the book was considered a trigger for the civil war because it kind of brought the plight of slaves to white consciousness so Mm -hmm. back in the day it was seen as an anti-slavery tool however Mm -hmm. because of the stereotypes in the book that were then propagated by white people it then took a completely different view in the modern era so it's a Mm. really nuanced piece of work and i think on the year it was published Apparently, it was the second best-selling book next to the Bible back in the 1800s. So, yeah, huge, huge uh, popular book, uh, which has kind of taken on various interpretations over the years. So I love that Misha Green has kind of appropriated that book and kind of used it in a horror context, which is just so Jordan Peele sort of way. Yeah, Yeah, in a very Jordan Peele sort of way. Is that where the phrase Uncle Tom comes from? Yeah, pretty much. So that racist stereotype comes from that book? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, oh. So it's nuts. I mean, like, uh, there's a there's a there's an apocryphal quote, and I uh, and I don't know if it's actually been verified, but the story goes that I think when Lincoln met Harriet Beecher Stowe, he said something along the lines was, "Oh, this is the lady that caused the Civil War," because Ooh. it was her work that started the um, uh, the movement against slavery back then typical man though really just blaming a woman (laughs) (laughs) christina and ruby are pissed at lincoln now yeah exactly uh but man d's story the way it played out was terrifying every time those girls came out but also just the benign neglect that all the adults seem to have towards her because they are like oh we have our own problems go find your uncle Letty's a mm. massive asshole to her. Like, Letty's supposedly worried about her and going back to the house to check her. And I was like, oh, wait, I got something else I got to do. So, oh, you're back. Go. And also, if she'd spent a moment, like, that that was the, the, this is the thing where, like, everyone knows all that's going on about magic and everything else, except poor D. And yeah. if, if she said, there's something chasing me, Letty would have said, go in the house. It's protected. Hmm. Because uh, they mentioned later on, Lancaster put a curse on her. It's yeah. a cur- the twins are a curse, and you from the moment you see the was it? It's not tasty wheat. It's is it it's wheat? Something wheat? The oh, poster milky in the, in the wheat. alleyway, milky oh. wheat. The poster eyes come alive, and I'm like, yes. oh shit, yeah. this is gonna be some nasty crap. But um, yeah, they just tell tell your kids if if there's a if there's a weird thing going on, don't spare your kids the knowledge. Let them know because they might be able to come up with the idea that yeah. saves 
all of um, the town from Str- the, the Str- town from Stranger Things. I mean, or I Chicago. can I can understand where Letty's coming from. Her boyfriend's ex, who turned out to be an actual monster, just showed up. So no. she's probably Her like, baby, what she, the fuck? She's got baby daddy issues, probably yeah. right now. Yeah, she's got bigger things. But I can I I also love the fact that D sort of like you know what if the if the old people won't help me, fuck it, I'll do it myself. Yeah, right? she's got this great strategy she goes back to the shop figures all that out she tries and pulls a, a, a i don't know a, a home alone type situation one door entry i will beat you in with this lead pipe i've got in my hand it's a great way to it's a great way for her to sort of take ownership right and in a, in a very it's in a way that a lot of writers nowadays don't do they don't let the kids sort of take control, right? They do the yeah. ah, running around looking for fathers. Whereas in this situation, she's like, nope, I'm going to, I'll do this myself. She goes and sort of accosts and confronts the, the police, a black woman in the 50s after her friend had just been murdered. And she's just like, sort of takes stock and takes control of the situation. I love that. Yeah, I know what an orrery is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not, he kind of he talks to her as an equal at that point. He does. Right? Yeah. I missed I missed that she... I thought she was just locking all the doors and so that I was like, Magic's probably going to get in. But I didn't realize that there was only a single point of entry, right? She, she, she left the one door unlocked. Yeah, yeah. I didn't notice that. She that's that's it, even yeah. smarter than I thought, yeah. Oh, also, that is a big fucking pipe. That's a big, massive pipe, yeah. That but was a nice pipe. That entire exchange in the police station was fantastic. Yeah, I know what an orrery is. It's Greek, you fucking idiot. Yeah, Hippolyta. My mother's name's Hippolyta. It's Greek. <laughs> and then it's like, oh. fuck you, pig. And it fucking stinks in here. She's just like, oh, she's just like, no, it. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, no, and, 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 and I have to say, I think the bits with Topsy and Bopsy are probably the scariest bits from the series so far. Like, mm. like genuine creepy. Yeah, because also they appear in the middle of the day and it's just, again, weird yes. body motion. They didn't do anything too crazy. I can't. Misha Green, I think, also called out who the choreographer was on Twitter. I didn't catch the name, though. But they did mm. have a movement that wasn't... It didn't remind you of anything else, but was creepy on its own. It was a little bit like the dance. And the, the also was a big touchstone, I guess. But it yeah. didn't feel like, say, Sadako from The Ring or no, right. you know any of that yes. kind of stuff. It had its own level of creepiness, which was very nice. And, mm. you know, just compounded by the fact that no one else can see them. Yes. Yeah, that was nicely confirmed at the end there, where just like no one, like when Montrose can't see it either. But they can still get her because like... There's blood and her hands so it's not that getting they cut apart. Yeah. yeah. Are so they, were they like cutting they... her... Or it looked, looked like they first, were biting was, her. They, yeah. were, they, were they cutting her? But from when the view, when they weren't there, was it just like corruption spreading up her arm or something? I couldn't tell. Looked a little bit like it looked like that actually. Because there was a bit the, of blood it, splatter that came later on her dress, and I wasn't sure if that was her blood or yeah, their blood. Right. Or they scratched her, and then the, it went inside of her. Maybe I don't know. Because mm. it did look like there's something moving up her arm, like a blackness. Yes. Like yes. So. No, but it also looked like Montrose by. Montrose grabbing her it looked like she wasn't able to sort of defend herself anymore yeah because her hand became then you know held back by Montrose well they probably um, got her got her with those big long claws they were reaching the big out long, her for yeah, the train, so, train station yeah 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 I just really hope everyone at Letty's house is okay because that thing got shot up pretty badly <laughs> <laughs> and no one else no one else is invulnerable I was hoping she was just going to stand in front of it, arms spread, and just like catch all the bullets. Be cool. Was the chief, was the police chief still in the street when he got, when the rest of them got? We'll get to up? that, but I, I love the, the look on his face when he bounced off the door. It was like, he's a magic user. It's like, again, just yeah. the exposition is just like, oh, there we go. Nice. Got it. Um, I think we skipped over a little bit before we get to the, I think the house is the end of everything, right? But before that, there was Christina and um, Letty's talk. Which went a lot of different ways. I wasn't expecting it. Like, mm. Christina gave her the protection spell, but she didn't take the pages. No. Did she? No. Like, Letty went after her, but then she didn't hand over the, the negatives, did she? I didn't see her give her the pages. Yeah, because they were sitting in the chair. Because they had the negatives of the pages. Because it's like, they, had, they were holding them, and then she pulled them away from Christina. And then she said, like, I, uh, put, a, put protection on Tick. And she said, not for Tick, for you. Now, I presume she meant, I put the protection spell on you. But did she mean she'd do something for Tick? You know what I mean? I'd do something for, I would do something on Tick for you. You know what I mean? That's another mm. option I was wondering whether, you know, um, 
Christina had a rare black shoggoth that she wanted to lease out or something. Because we don't know who that is. I, I, I presume Tick being Tick, he thinks that like his protection spell worked. Right. Reddy thinks her protection spell worked. We don't know, but it yeah. just seemed odd that there wasn't that resolution to that Christina and Letty thing didn't seem to resolve much in a way. So she gets the protection spell, but I'm not sure why Christina did that. Is it just because she likes Ruby? Mm. It's very clear that Christina is the villain of the piece, and yet the thing she does at the end of the episode feels like an yes. attempt to humanize her or make her sympathetic because she's somehow trying to. I mean, the violence that she kind of does onto herself. Mm. means that she's searching for empathy? I don't know. I don't know why mm. she did that. Mm. Yeah. So unless she's genuinely falling in love with Ruby. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, I'm, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's sometimes, maybe she can't, it's been too, I don't know how long they've been alive, right? Because they hadn't got full immortality, but they were, I guess, long-lived. I don't know. Yeah, because there's a, oh. I guess if you want to tie it back to contemporary discourse, Christina is kind of written as the white feminist, right? Mm. Who's using yeah. white feminism to... To advance her own cause, but like it's forgetting about intersectionalism completely. Correct. And not bringing up... Mm. Uh, the, 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 the rising tide is only floating her boat and uh, everyone else's boat is left stuck at the bottom of the ocean mm. under all that patriarchy. But she's selling it to Ruby like something that she can be a part of too if she embraces her methods and her mm. way of not giving a fuck and doing whatever the fuck she wants. And mm. so... And that's why that bit at the end when she gets these two guys to beat her the hell up, tie barbed wire and drown her just like Emmett Till. I was like, ooh, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm, this show is smart enough to explain it to me in the next episode, I'm sure. But for yeah. the moment, I'm like, what are you trying to do with this character? Because is she still the bad guy? And am I supposed to feel for her? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, 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 it's, there's a tweet again. Misha Green says, someone asked her, was she laughing or crying at the end? And Misha Green says both because she's kind of complicated. Yeah. Um, and that is it. Is it like she's, you know, just wants to feel someone? Is she one of those assholes who plays with a lighted flame just because, you know, just to feel something inside? Or was she genuinely trying to experience that to see how nightmarish that would be and to see the other side? I don't know. And this is why I say you're I, I'm wondering whether when you say they're painting her as the villain, I think they're painting her as a villain. Mm. Um, there was mm. a tweet I saw that was completely un, unrelated to anything yesterday, I think it was. And it said, Wired was, sorry, Tired was, having your villain die to redeem themselves and wired was um having your villain learn to live with their actions and actually you know come to terms with what they've done and living on a better life is kind of the better way to do it yeah and you know no one no one except maybe that prick lancaster is a full villain but they everyone's a villain from their own perspective so i think the show is smart enough to do that and i don't know what's gonna it's hard with two episodes to go i don't see them i mean they Everyone had a chat with Christina and didn't feel like scratching her eyes out this episode. So yes. is it the taunt is on the way or they're just holding off on the eye scratching for till later? If you look at the Christina situation within the Emmett Till context, then it yeah. feels like it feels like it's mirroring the conversations that are happening today where people are urging, I guess, white Americans to put themselves in their shoes or in someone else's yeah. shoes. Yeah. And it's um, amazing that that's a thing you have to do. Right. And I think that may be an angle that Misha Green is taking on this because it's it would be too easy to just paint every white person in the show as being a cartoon villain. Yeah. So this adds a layer of nuance, especially to Christina. Or maybe she just does that every Friday for shits and giggles. Could be. <laughs> Since I'm immortal, I want to, like, feel something. I was wondering, like, when, like... You know, she says that <clears throat> she says the 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 the, the passphrase, and the, obviously the curse is removed, so she can be hurt and feel pain. And I was like, if they tie a thing around her neck, will she be able to say it, or is it again intention is more than too the, late? She says uh, earlier. Yeah. <laughs> she says earlier, right? It's it's more than just words, right? Re yeah. Recanting the spell isn't just that. So yeah. maybe you can just you, there's a hand motion, there's a I'll say it mentally in your head. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Because I was like, if she's underwater with barbed wire on her neck, how's she going to say the words to undo it? But she does. Didn't she do it before she got? wrapped up though when she said it the first time that's to undo the spell so that she can feel pain oh, and be shot maybe. and stop oh interesting we have forgotten that magic is so much more jazz if you're gonna die at the end of a oh. bullet or a rope yeah. I thought I was gonna die at the end of a bullet or a rope but magic is so much more jazz that's just a fucking awesome line yeah. that's a, a couple of line. other lines that are just 
really good. The newspaper that when Letty made the front page, there's a story on the left-hand side who's talking about Olivia M., who was a def- it's the Chicago defender. She's investigating the disappearance. And the way it's phrased, it was with she disappeared while investigating a, ra- a rash of missing race men and women. I guess race men and women is the way they were described uh, back then. The, was that? I haven't heard that. I I've never heard that, that phrase before. actually. Yeah. Yeah, and it was oh. September third, nineteen fifty-five, was the date. There's also a story about a liberal pastor quits over bias, but I don't know what that was all about. So that one was a bit blurry. There were more mirrors and reflections in this episode to contemporary America, I think, than in every episode past. So um, that they're drawing starker and sharper comparisons, even with the shop, even even with the cops just showing up and shooting up an entire house, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and so all of that stuff seems to work incredibly well without necessarily being preachy or expository. Yeah. Everything is right there for you, and yeah, I I don't know what they're going to do in the remaining two episodes because mm. there's still Hippolyta to sort out. Gia needs to show up and do something cool or actually mm. lay claim to her place on the Avengers. So that's a question someone asked. Was it so is it going to be a big battle at the end? If so, is Gia and Ruby riding for Christine or Atticus? Uh, and the answer was yes. And you know I'm going to say you got to watch 9 and 10 to see who's playing for what team. Oof. But I think as well, during that fight at the end, so as well as the moments of intentional slapstick with cops getting thrown all over the place, um, Lancaster gets his arm chewed off. Okay. That was Lancaster at the end that the shot got the tax last. Was it? Was yeah. it him? Okay. It was him. I went back through okay. it twice. So that was him rolling, rolling in, in pain on the ground. And his arm gets bitten off. And that's what shoots the car that blows it up. Yep. Also, apparently on set, uh, Misha Green, um, Journey Smollett and Jonathan Majors. Yep. I yep. forget his name. Um, they had their mouths open when the blood splatter landed on them. Nice. <laughs> and Misha Green said, oh, I, I knew that before going in, but I don't dare to tell my actors how to do their job. So she let them. <laughs> <laughs> but I do think, I think, yeah, Lancaster, considering he seems to be made of composed meat, decomposing meat anyway. He could probably he just that, reattach that hand. Or he might use the guy from the closet for spares. And mm. he's obviously pissed now. The, the, the Shoggoth is like, it's an African-American Shoggoth, right? It's not mil- pale, milky white. No, it isn't. It's a dark oh, black shit. sugar. Yeah, I it's a black sugar. Oh wow! I love their first oh, two wow. albums; are the best. Oh, <laughs> wow, <laughs> that's yeah. interesting. I didn't. Oh, I didn't figure that out. Oh, nice. Yeah. So oh. when the, the tick puts us, I mean, Montrose is still holding D at the end of the episode when we cut back to the house, right? Yes. Well, yeah, Montrose so, is in the house. Yes. Oh, he's in the. He's, he's in, in the. the he's house. in. He, He's in Woody's house. He's in the Woody house where Woody lives, the garage house, Dee's house. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, so he's there with her, right? So that's that. That one one thing that flicked across my mind was that the Shoggoth was actually him, but because you have to, you know, they, we've seen the Shoggoths be birthed from cows, but I don't know whether someone would transform into someone or not because mm. the skin color was was making me think that. Right. Um, but I, it's not clear there at the end. Like Letty's like the spell, or he's like he says the spell worked, right? So. I don't know whether it's that, it's him, it's Christina, it's Letty, it's something else entirely. It's hard yeah. to tell, right? Or it could just be that the spell summons creatures when you're in danger as protectors, right? Mm. The other thing that I really enjoyed was it was nice to see Ruby transform into Hillary for the first time rather than just the other way around. And I thought that was yeah. a really cool visual. That was really cool. Mm. Well, something I like was that Ruby saying to... Um, Letty about you know you know Letty couldn't take photos of Emmett Till's body mm. and Ruby said it was just a really nice way of putting it well just really good writing just how choosing what was best for yourself in that moment was a different kind of bravery you can't feel d- guilty for protecting yourself first which is literally foreshadowing for protecting herself first later yeah <laughs> oh and the other thing I liked was the choice of playing Alice Smith's I put a spell on you as well yeah Oh, is that the version, was it? Yes. Oh, mm. the other thing as well was Ruby saying that I'm sick of forgiving every space that I enter because it's not for me. It's another just really beautiful way of yeah. putting racism sucks. Yeah. 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 It's a great zinger. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know where the series is going. I honestly don't. It's been a long time since I've watched something and I have no idea how it's going to end. Actually, I mm. say a long time. The last time was Watchmen because mm. honestly, when mm. the, the episode when Manhattan shows up, I was just like, what? <laughs> yeah. yeah but this is so, for me for me the watchman was 
good, but this is just on another level because because we've seen the, Watchmen when we watched Watchmen at the time, it seemed like it was on another level, and now it's yeah. like okay, that's your starter for ten. We're now yeah. going for fifty points with this yeah. one. It's like no, but without like even also, without even before anyone saw Watchmen, this show was all they just gave the tapes to Misha Green and said, "Can you do better? Can you top this?" <laughs> yeah, no, but also it's just that because I think for me it's because it's something that you keep repeating Ian that in the eight episodes we've seen they've put every other production in the lazy category you know and that not only does that work as a in from a from a production look standpoint but also from a writing standpoint like every line can be read one of two ways every line is 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 deep and meaningful every line is pointed and poignant it's a beautifully written show and to think it's essentially eight different styles right yeah it's not yeah. been one look it's eight different episodes that have got their own different styles and to be able to do that for one show and not just say this is going to be the horror season. This is going to be the adventure season. No, they did it for the entire show. And I think that's beautiful. That's just something else. They did it while making it look effortless. Like they nailed Eff- humor. Absolutely. They named yeah. they named they nailed scary twins that are also scary in daylight. Yeah. It's shit that like horror movies yeah. can't line up yeah. properly. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah, also yeah, yeah. did like you remember when remember how we were laughing when Letty, George, and uh, Tick like rocked up to the uh, Braithwaite house the first time, and it was almost yes. comedy. Yeah, and it yeah. was comedy. And, and then they followed that up with that with the little musical sequence that they had, right? Yeah. And here we are. We saw Afrofuturism last week. We're seeing yeah. horror this week. We've seen an Indiana wow. Jones National Treasure episode. Yeah. We've seen a whole bunch of stuff, a, a, a Haunted Mansion episode. We've literally seen all of it. And what's more, they don't just rely on those. I mean, your Haunted Mansion episode uh, was also a science fiction fantasy story as well. And the they genre bend like no other show ever has. It's great. Yep. Uh, there's one other thing we forgot to discuss, which just popped into my head when you mentioned Watchmen, because the first thought when when Tick said he went through the portal and then he was shoved back through it by a hooded woman, and I was like, "Is Regina King in this show?" Oh shit! That, is, <laughs> didn't, that didn't occur to me at all. But that, right after that, they said the one with the robot arm. Oh uh, yeah. So did Beyonce manage to get her afro under a hood, or was it Hippolyta in a new form, or? something else so someone shoved him back through someone shoved him back mm. through and gave him the book yes so that's definitely going to come back next episode yeah. um yeah so i don't know have we missed anything let us know your thoughts what are your theories on where this is going to go like this is the beginning of the end game so we're going to find out how the story plays out over the next two episodes uh you can mm-hmm. get in touch with us on all of our social media feeds that's goggler my you can also email us on podcast at goggler.my this is another exciting episode of love cast polyandry that's what it's called <laughs> <laughs> This is another exciting episode of Lovecast Polyandry signing out. Oh, also, if you have any other words that start with P and rhyme with country, send them our way. (laughs) We need to help. We just need two more.